Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. It's amazing how little teaching there is on healing these days. I, I can remember days of healing seminars and, you know, healing workbooks and healing uh, uh, CD and tape series and people were just kind of saturating themselves in the knowledge of the Word of God when it comes to healing. You know, uh, if you want God to move in a certain area, it's best to study that subject. One of the best ways to get healing to manifest is to teach on it. Same thing true of the gifts of the Holy Ghost, the supernatural, the spirit in manifestation to teach on it helps it to come. People ha- it helps people to have faith. And then in having faith, the Spirit of God has a platform to move. Now, here in, uh, go to Acts chapter 10 real quick. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, is a familiar portion of Scripture. Now, to give you a little bit of reference to that, I don't know that Cornelius was the centurion that went to Jesus in the Gospels. I think it's there in Matthew and another reference of it. There's a couple of the Gospels. Remember, he came on behalf of his servant. And he told Jesus, he said, you know, I'm not worthy to to come up for you to come under my house. Just send the word. And Jesus marveled at at the great faith that he had, that just the word could could set set his servant free. Now, we must also understand that the Word, as it's taught, spoken, read, memorized, meditated upon, has healing power in it. That healing power is resident in the Word of God. So if we were going on a search, if we were given an assignment to search, where is healing power resident? Now, we could go through the annals of revival, especially in the last 100, 120 years and find great healing gifts resident in men and women. Oral Roberts, Catherine Kuhlman, Brother Hagen had a visitation of the Lord Jesus Christ that placed his fingers in his hands. Amen. And he said his hands would burn like coals of fire. He said, you really believe all that, Pastor? Listen, I know it's true. One of the most outstanding miracles we've witnessed was not even in our ministry. It was in one of Brother Hagin's ministry, a woman with a steel rod in her back who was instantly healed, who hadn't bent over in years, just bent over doing toe touches. And he said, well, what do you think God did? He did a creative miracle in her back. Yeah. Amen. And so sometimes I think all of our faith is aimed at that. Well, if we could get some anointed man or woman here that had a great healing gift working in them, we could get some results. Well, that's true. But that's also true that the Word will get you the same results. Amen. 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 And the Word of God will produce for you when the healing evangelist can't get to you. Let me try that again. The Word of God will work for you when the healing evangelist can't get to you. And one of the most amazing realities of the Scripture is those in the Gospels that initiated their healing. Not that Jesus was, you know, going around looking, well, there's a sick person there. No, there were people that went to Him, that heard of Him. 
that pressed through the that, 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 that pressed in through the press, that touched the hem of his garment and received healing into their body. They did it on their own initiative. Now we listen, we so take for granted that we know that because all of Christianity believes that God can heal. But it's whether or not they'll heal me. But in the study of redemption, we'll see healing is not a choice that God makes to release. Healing is what we receive through the new birth. So many people struggle with trying to get healed through the, through the anointing or the gifts of a man or a woman when many times it's God wanting you not only to be, to be healed by the word, but to stay healed by the word. Amen. Brother Roberts himself told me, he said, 70% of everyone I ever prayed for lost their healing. He said only about 30%. I said, what was the, what was the, uh, what was the variable? Why, why did 70, why did 70% lose their healing? He said they lost it because of a counterattack. Yeah. And they weren't taught how to resist a counterattack. So they lost their healing. He said, but 30% of them, we were able to teach them. We were able to show them in the Word of God how to keep their healing, how to keep that which God had given them. And that's the same thing's true today. So really the best way to get healed is by the Word of God, to stand in faith and allow the Word of God to manifest its healing power on the inside of you. That, that, that's where faith and confession comes in. You know, in my own mind, because I make those healing confessions every day. I attempt to make them every day. I trust that, that most months I only miss a day or two. And that's because I've probably done them in my mind when I got up in the morning and forgot to do it during the day. But most days I speak to my own body the healing scriptures. Say, now why would you do that? Because those scriptures release on the inside of me a residue of resurrection power that Jesus put in me when I got born again that in my direction goes into my body and ministers to my body. Thank you, Father. Your healing power resides in me. Not only does it reside in me through the new birth, I release it by faith and confession to minister. Now, that's why I make that confession. In my blood, my bones, my marrow, my glands, my organs, that covers just about everything. I release it. Who releases it? I release it in Jesus' name to go out throughout my body, affect cure and healing. Amen. Well, that, you have to do that. You say, why do I have to do that? The reason is, is not only do we have to stay recovered from the sickness of the hour or of the day, we have to be preemptive on what's coming. Yeah. Amen. I'd rather be prepared for a fight than have to go into one unprepared. Yeah. Now, Acts 10, 38, look at this for just a moment. Here's this, this centurion, Cornelius. We know he was a devout man, one that feared God with all of his house, gave much alms to the people, prayed to God always, got a vision from God, sent for Peter. Peter wasn't real joyed about it. He had a vision from God. A great sheet, knit as it were for the four corners, sent down from heaven. A voice from heaven saying, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Amen. So once he got over his little bit of religious prejudice there, he finally ended up at Cornelius' house and began, to, and began to speak and literally began to talk about uh, that which they had witnessed, that which they seen. And he ends, listen, he ends his message with his words. He says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing. Everybody say healing. healing. Now we know at Cornelius' house, it does not record that anybody got healed. What's recorded is that the Holy Ghost fell. 
as Peter yet spake these words. That's just two, two verses later. So he says, Now God anointed. He concludes his message by saying, God sent his son Jesus. He died for our sins, rose from the dead. We are witnesses. And he anointed him with Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Amen. And the next verse, now notice the next verse. He says this, it says, And we are witnesses, evidence producers of all things which he did in both the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And when he commanded us to preach to the people, and he commanded us to preach unto the people and testify that it was he which was ordained of God to be the, notice this, the judge of the quick and the dead, to give to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. Now listen. He uses the word healing, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing. Then he comes to the conclusion of what? Through his death, burial, and resurrection, he has granted us the remission of sin. Now, wait a minute. Say, Pastor, I thought we're dealing with healing. The remission of sin removes the root cause of sickness. Let me say that again. The remission of sin removes the root cause of sickness, which is sin, which is a void of health. Just like iniquity is a void of righteousness or a, or a vacuum where righteousness does not exist. You know, darkness is not an essence in itself. Did you know that? Light is. Now, let me say that again. Darkness is not a... There's no force in darkness. You say, what do you mean? We cut all the lights out, it's just dark. But if we fill this room up with light and keep filling it with light and keep filling it with light, by the technology they have today, they can fill it with enough light to dissolve you. Yes, they can. You say, why? Because there is power and force in light. Power and force in light. Amen? And God knows that. So, light is a force. Light can do things. Light can matter. Darkness is just the absence of light. Darkness is just the absence. Sickness, now listen to me. If you get this, it'll really help you get healed. Sickness is just the absence of health. So, they, so they've done all this stuff to try to make sickness and disease. Listen. Sickness and disease is its own society. Yeah. I wrote some of, let, let me write, let me read you this real quick. This, this might. Sickness has grown under the fallen ability of man into what it is today. Defined, categorized, amplified. It has its own government. And it has its own economy. Whoa! And all it is, is the absence of health. All it is, is the absence of health. 
Just like, just like darkness is the absence of light. Then here came Jesus to what? To dispel the darkness and to give us his light. The Bible says he is the light of men. Amen? And just the revelation of the new birth, realizing you are saved, the word saved is the word sotos in the Greek, which literally means healing, preservation, soundness, safety, and deliverance. So if you are saved, you are healed. So, so the problem with a lot of teaching in our, in our circles is if you are saved, you may need to get healed. Instead of saying, if you are saved, you're already healed. Now see, see that concept, people are like, well, Pastor, I, I got a report from the doctor and I've got my body's telling me and I, and I got prescription bottles in my... Listen. The fact, never forget this about our teaching on faith. I actually texted this to a friend of mine this week who's, who's facing some things physically. And I said, now the facts are, this is what the doctor's telling him. And I kind of rehearsed back to him what the doctors had told him. And I said, but that's not the truth. You say, what do you mean? The facts are your body, the doctors, and everything else is telling you one thing. But the truth is, by his stripes, ye were healed. Amen. You were. You say, what do you mean? God, God, God released healing to you and for you 2,000 years ago. And just as the proof of your salvation is Jesus being raised from the dead, the proof of your healing is Jesus being raised from the dead. You say, why? Because in order to overcome death, you have to overcome everything that produces death. Amen. You know, I, I've, I've used this illustration because it kind of helps people draw, draw, draw a parallel illustration here. Uh, with, with, with riches, we've talked about this, how believers are rich. And see, people always judge riches by the world's standard. Well, I don't have a private jet. And I, I don't have that. that's, that's, you don't even understand what riches are. The world judges riches by material wealth. So the more material wealth you have, the richer you are. So we have people that we call rich and very rich and super rich and extremely rich and all that type. But in the kingdom of God, rich is not what you have. Rich is who you are. So when you understand rich is who you are, then you understand if I was just rich by the world standards, by my material things, if they take away my material things, I'm no longer rich. But if I'm rich by the world standards and I'm in the kingdom of God and they take away all my material things, I'm still rich. Now, the same thing is true when it comes to healing and health. Well, my body's telling me I've got this disease or this sickness. But listen, if that's your judgment that you are possessing something that is destroying your body, then you need to get over into the Word of God and see where that thing is there illegally in your body. It has no right to be there. It has made an illegal entrance into your flesh. And your resistance to it will cause it to have to go. It cannot live in an environment that is conducive to healing. You say, what do you, Pastor, there's bound to be something that you're trying to say. If you can live in an atmosphere of healing, you can stay healed. Just like if you can live in an atmosphere of righteousness, you can stay saved. 
people that don't stay saved, they don't stay saved because they don't stay in an atmosphere of righteousness. They don't come to church. They get saved, but they quit coming to church. They quit serving God. They went, well, it doesn't work. I tried it for three or four weeks. Well, what do you think is going to happen uh, with a major lifestyle change that you judge hadn't done anything in three or four weeks? Amen. That's the most major lifestyle change anybody can have. So live in an atmosphere of healing. I try to keep an atmosphere of healing in our home. I try to keep an atmosphere. When I drive in my truck, worshiping God, praising the Lord, everywhere I go, I try to maintain, especially in my mind. You say, how do you do that? Just continually think, thank you, Father. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. It quickens. It makes alive my mortal body. Now, let's do this real quick, then we'll receive communion. We know the end of the Roman road. If thou shalt believe in thy heart, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And God is what? And God is rich toward all those who call upon his name. Amen? So we've got to understand that as it says in Colossians 2.20, as you have received, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now, we do this a lot during the year. We used to only do it once a year. We'd make a confession of faith and, and just, you know, deny flu season. It's right to make us sick. And I guarantee you, we, we go through a lot of years and nobody gets sick. You say, why? Because we say so. We say so. Amen. So we're, we're going to make that confession. I'm going to lead you in it. But I want you to take a few moments to close your eyes so that when you speak these words out, they come out of your mouth and immediately come back around into your ears and drop into your spirit. And as you hear yourself speak these words in your mind, see that power coming up into your body. If you've got a particular place it needs to go, you begin to say, thank you, Father, that healing power is going to my liver, is going to my heart, is going to my lungs, is going into my pancreas, my kidneys, my blood, my bones. Amen. As you, as you confess those scriptures, believe them. I believe I receive it. It's mine in Jesus' name. Amen. He will say, well, you know, what if I say that all the time and nothing happens? That won't happen. Yeah. Because that's against the law. Because the Bible says you'll have whatsoever you say. So the two components are what? That get you everything you need from God. Your two spiritual components are your mouth and your heart. The word convinces the heart. The word convinces the heart. The mouth convinces the circumstance that the word is true. Did you get that? The Word convinces the heart. That's why you're speaking the Word. Speaking the Word. Some Word you may speak to yourself for a year. Then all of a sudden an unction comes. And you turn and you speak that Word with an authority to a circumstance and instantly it changes. God prepared you for a year for that Word to sound like God when it came out of your mouth. You say, why? Because you're His child. And you reflect His image. And you operate in His authority. Hallelujah. Close your eyes for just a moment. Let your spirit man settle on the inside. Become aware of your physical body, especially if there's pain or symptoms in it. 
And then as I lead you through these scriptures, you close your eyes and you let these scriptures sweep away into your physical flesh. And you sense by knowledge that resurrection power working on your physical body, affecting a cure and a healing. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior, and my healer. I believe He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon Him. By His stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Father. You bless my bread and my water. You take all sickness and all symptoms from the midst of me. My food is sanctified by the Word of God and prayer. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I forget not His benefits. Who forgiveth? All iniquity, healeth all disease, redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness, tender mercy. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Jesus. You said you'd never leave me. You'd never forsake me. You'd be with me always, even until the end of the age. Thank you for medical grace at the end of the age. Grace to resist. Grace to stand in faith. Grace to live in divine health. Thank you, Father. You've not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. My mind is sober. I think the thoughts of God. Thank you, Lord. I have a healed mind. I think myself. I think myself healed in Jesus' name. I've been delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ makes me free from the law of sin and death. No evil befalls me. No plague comes nigh my dwelling place. Angels have charge over me. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it abides, it dwells in me. Therefore, by faith, through confession, I release that power into my physical body from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Every organ, all my blood, the marrow of my bones. My, I thank you, Lord. I am the healed of God. Thank you, Lord. What we have, we give. We lay hands on the sick. They recover. The spoken word brings health and healing. And the gifts of the Holy Ghost deliver the suffering and bring great honor to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, that with long life, <laughs> long life, you satisfy me and show me your salvation. Now lift your hands and thank you. Come on, thank you. Come on, thank you. Come on, thank you. Believe you receive it. 
Believe you receive it. Believe you receive it. Now you must resist at the very level of thought. If you find a thought that comes to your mind of sickness, disease, something that you may have been suffering with for years, you've got to, you've got to break that stronghold down. You say, how do I do that? By your words. You can't fight a thought with a thought. It doesn't work. But when that thought comes, you stop right there and you say, no, I do not think that way. I do not think arthritis. I do not think asthma. I do not think COVID. I do not think diabetes. I do not think low blood, low blood pressure. I do not, I think the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and it quickens. It makes alive my mortal body. Hallelujah. That's how you do it. Every day. Every day. Every day. And the next report they have of this great doom and gloom disease, you ought to put your hands up and start going, ha, 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 ha. I'm already vaccinated. I'm already ready. I've got a spiritual immune system that can overcome anything the devil sits up in this. Hallelujah. Praise God. You ready to see? Let's receive communion. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 11, real quick. Now, this also is part of your healing. The Bible says, because we do not discern the body of Christ, not because of, not because we're not receiving communion according to somebody's standard of righteousness or holiness. So we always tell people, most everybody looks like home folk, we always tell people, all you have to do is be born again. I know some churches, I mean, unless you're part of their denomination, they, they, won't, they won't receive. Now listen, they won't receive communion with you, not understanding that the communion is the highest form of fellowship among the believers. Did you know this is the highest form of fellowship among believers? Is the, is the ordinance of communion. The Last Supper, which came from the Passover, coming out, that we might go in. All that is involved with that. Amen. So thank God the only, only requisite is to be a child of God. And if you're born again, if you know in your heart Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you can take communion. <laughs> Dr. Lester Summerall, I, we've been going to Ireland for about five years. We we're really getting some breakthroughs. I was in a church dedication service with him. He and I were speaking the same, same conference. They were dedicating a new church. So we were back in the green room together. And service lingered on as they finished up some preliminaries. So I started talking to him. He said, well, Rusty, where you been? I said, Ireland. He goes, huh, Ireland, huh? I thought, oh boy, there's got to be a story there. He said, I preached in Ireland. They drug me out in the street and beat me with rods. I said, what? He said, well, you know, I ran around with Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, so I dressed like an Englishman. And I flew over to Dublin. The Brethren, there's a, there's a group called the Brethren. That's a type of a, a Christian denomination. He said, the Brethren invited me over to hold them or to conduct a service. He said, during that, that, that meeting, he said, the, uh, what did he call them? He called them the, uh, 
oh, there was some name that he used, you know, meaning a rascal or a, somebody that's, you know, kind of a shady person. He said, they came in and they had these long rods and they drug me out in the street. They started whipping me with those rods. He said, I finally got to my passport and showed them I was an American. He said, 400 people got saved that week. He said, so I thought, well, you know, I preached uh, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Might as well go to church with them. He said, I walked up to the church, walked up to the door. They wouldn't let me in the church. I said, why can't I come in? I've been preaching for you for a week. They said, you're not one of us. He said, huh, Ireland. (laughs) I said, that's all right, Brother Sumrall. It's a little better now. Amen. Now, all you have to be is a believer. Now, the implements that we use, the, 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 the host or the bread and, the, and, and the, the wine or the juice. I know that uh, one denomination believes that it literally turns into the flesh of Jesus in your mouth. It doesn't. It's symbolic. It's symbolic. Listen, Jesus said in John 6, he blew them away. In John, I love, John 6 is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible because they tried to get religious with Jesus. Amen. He said, well, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. He said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and died. After he finished his little sermon to them, he looked to his disciples. Everybody left. He preached a message. Everybody walked out. He looked at them and said, you're going to leave too? He said, we ain't got no place to go. You're the only one with the words of life. Amen. So this host, representative of his body, in which he took the most horrible torture that anyone's ever received on earth because everyone else that has been tortured on earth was only tortured mentally or physically or both. But he was tortured mentally, physically, and spiritually. Amen. Then his blood which is unique among all the blood of all the men and women that have ever lived upon the earth and red blood has pumped through their heart. Nobody ever had the blood of Jesus. Not one drop of blood in Jesus' body had the stain of Adam's fall. You say, why? Because he was conceived of the Word of God and his blood was pure blood. It held 100% divine attributes and 100% human attributes and God blended that blood together so that upon the mercy seat it would be an acceptable sacrifice and we celebrate that blood today hallelujah glory to God thank God for the blood of Jesus thank God for the blood here in 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 1 Corinthians chapter 11 it says, verse, what is that, verse 20, uh, 23, for I received of the Lord that which I also declared unto you, that the Lord Jesus, now notice this, the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Notice betrayal, he didn't get offended at betrayal. He continued in his, in his redemptive procession toward the cross. Amen? The night he was betrayed took bread. So carefully, if you will, pull the top. I must be double blessed. I got two of them. Look at there. Isn't that cool? Thank you, Lord. I receive it. (laughs) He said, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. Take and break it between your fingers. 
Then he said, take ye, this is my body, I love this, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You know, now that I've gained a little more years, <laughs> being 66, I work on my mind and my memory. And sometimes I'll lay very quiet and I'll bring up memories. Hunting memories, fishing memories, surfing memories, ministry memories, Leah memories, just memories. I try to, I try to keep them moving. And you know what's amazing about that is I've come up with some memories late, lately I haven't thought of in years. They're really cool. They're really blessed. Amen. And, and I equate it to this, to continually rehearsing in your mind this great truth. My Savior allowed himself to be tortured beyond recognition where you could not tell he was a man hanging upon the cross. Isaiah 52 says that. And he did that for me. That lives in my mind. That lives in my mind. That lives in my mind. And then every time I'm privileged to participate in communion, I remember it. Did you get that? I remember it. I close my eyes. I go back to that day in which upon Golgotha's hill with the darkest sky that the earth has ever seen during the daytime, our Savior suffered and died. And His body, broken as it was, assimilated, accrued every sin I ever committed. All of the motivation to sin, every disease, every bondage, everything wrong with the human family for us in general and us personally. He took it upon himself. Then he died upon the cross. So in great honor of that broken body, receive the bread right now. Now carefully remove your top of, off of the off of the juice. So that after the same manner he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood this do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. There's the word again. There's the word again. When you close your eyes and you meditate upon the word you allow your imagination to be stimulated by the scenes that are in the Bible. You view that blood as it ran out of his hands, off of his back, through his feet, from his forehead. And then at the very last, they pierced that sack where the water that holds the heart is and came forth out of his side, blood and water. A being, now think of this, a being so powerful that at one glance of his eye, a myriad of uncountable angels could have reduced the earth to a cinder. And God said no. And Jesus allowed his blood to run out of his body down upon the ground so that it be, could be gathered and offered on our behalf. 
That's our God. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he has done for us. Jesus, we love you. We know that your blood is present. It's a material It is a material liquid on a spiritual altar that purchased salvation for humanity and it remains as beautiful, as red, as wet and glistening as the day it was poured. And it cries out for us. By his stripes we're healed. By his wounds we are delivered. He broke the power of Satan over our lives. With great honor we receive of the cup. Now let me do this real quick. We've got three minutes. For as oft as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink the cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But now notice this. But let a man or woman examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly, among you in a lot of the teaching that I've sat under in my life which I also adhere to this belief or doctrine that is all of the sickness and disease in the body of Christ can be avoided if we judge ourselves if we judge ourselves you say well what, what is this eating and drinking it unworthily. You do it in a facade. You come and sit in a service and you go through the motions, but your heart is not right. It's cold or indifferent or offended or wounded or hurt. But you go through the motions. You make a religious effort. But the Bible says you're drinking damn, not damnation to yourself. Judge yourself. Live holy and pure before God. Don't hold grudges. Forgive, forgive, forgive. You don't know what they did. I don't care what they did. Forgive, for God has forgiven you. Walk in mercy. Be gracious. Walk in love. Walk in love. And I guarantee you, health and healing will rise up in your body. And you'll be strengthened by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Father, thank you for tonight. Now, Lord, as we depart and go to the back for a time of fellowship, Lord, you said that our fellowship together activates the blood of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that we're motivated as we commune one with another to live for you, Lord, so that we might be a blessing and our lives create eternal hope for others. Thank you for your protection this week in the righteous labor of our hands, in our travels. Lord, there are many on vacation, others recovering from surgery, 
some that are settling their children into colleges and schools. And Father, we pray over all they would be blessed, return home, be in the house of the Lord. Open doors of utterance for us this week. Let us be a blessing to the people, a problem to the adversary, a miracle in people's lives. Lord, we leave walking in faith and love towards you and love toward one another. And we leave as the healed of God. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.